welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, a special edition of Couch Potato Diary as we look back at All In 2023. My name is Peter Klein, thank you very much for tuning in, for those of you watching on YouTube, and for those of you listening on podcast form, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening today. Coming up on the show, it is all about AEW All In, as the largest event in the world of professional wrestling went down this weekend from Wembley Stadium in London, England. Uh, Apparently going to be a recurring theme of that. So we will be getting into that throughout the show today. Um, also, we did a couple of tributes. It was a, a very difficult weekend in the world, of, or very difficult week, sorry, in the world of professional wrestling. And so we looked at um, the a couple of the careers of a, a couple of absolutely amazing performers who were lost with uh, Terry Funk and with Bray Wyatt. So those are available audio only. Uh, those are available in audio only form. You guys didn't need to watch me cry talking about that stuff. So, uh, and we have like zero rights to any of the the video. So um, that's why we did that. So uh, if you want some of that, just go back and listen to it on podcast. Uh, but now let's get into a little bit of wrestling talk as we look back at AEW All In 2023. All right, uh, so uh, like I said, All In goes down from uh, Wembley Arena in London, England, with an announced attendance of 81,035 people. It is um, it just like, I, I think I, I kind of expressed coming on to here, <clears throat> sorry, that I was less than enthused about this. I, I thought that they kind of sold the, this thing out, and then it was, ah, we didn't really need to put a whole lot into it. But as as they were running down the card on the pre-show, and you could see the, the crowd in the background, it was like, man, this is pretty fucking cool what's about to happen here. So that, that kind of got me buzzed up for it. And then you get a, an epic rivalry 20 years in the making to, to kick off the show. Overall, well, we'll get into like overall thoughts on this later, but this this card did not miss. Um, I only saw the last couple of minutes of the pre-show, so I did not see MJF defeat Oz, uh, MJF and Adam Cole defeat uh, Ozzy Open for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles, nor did I see Hook defeat Jack Perry to become the FTW champion. But we kick things off with a rivalry that goes back to Ring of Honor, with CM Punk taking on Samoa Joe for the real world championship. The finish, com- finish comes with a Pepsi plunge in 14 minutes. Um, th- this match was good. Like, th- these two aren't at a point where they're going to get back to their epic rivalry back in the early 2000s that, that put Ring of Honor on the map, nor should we expect them to. But what we did see from this bout was, like, just two pros going at it. And it's always interesting to see what the crowd is going to do with CM Punk and I I felt like they were largely behind Um, Punk uh, there was an altercation apparently backstage involving Punk and Hook Um, and so there's that again with CM Punk we don't know the details around it but just when I'm starting to get back into CM Punk he changes the questions I guess you could say but overall I thought this was a a really really fun match Um, you had Joe putting Punk through the the, the bottom of the announce table which I thought was an interesting twist you did the the Samoa Joe walking away from um, a dive to the outside from CM Punk which is always a crowd pleaser but these two worked a a very good match and uh, the finish comes like I said you get the Pepsi plunge at the end of it, so a, a fine starter and a, a real fun tribute that these two guys were able to to get this match with um, in this kind of a, a setting. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Punk going forward. Apparently, he's been suspended until the investigation is done. 
we'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, up next, it is Bullet Club Gold, which is Juice Robinson and Jay White, along with Kanosuke Takeshita, taking on the Golden Elite of Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page. This was a really, really fun match, and this is kind of putting Bullet Club Gold a little bit more on the map. They, they've had some excellent matches. The match here in Calgary, the two out of three falls bout um, with FTR, and then now this one here. They, they have just, they've really been producing, and I'm hoping that we get them in a more elevated role now. I, I thought the, the pairing with Kanosuke Takeshita, who, like I said, feels like a superstar coming um, at, through this feud, that that's been good. Um, like, the, overall, this match was a whole lot of fun. And the Golden Elite don't lose anything by by taking the fall. It was announced on social media. It'll be Kenny Omega against Takeshita um, at All Out coming up this weekend, back-to-back pay-per-views. Always a crowd pleaser. But... Overall, this was a, a fun bout, and like I said, it, it just feels like Bullet Club Gold are rising up and rising up and rising up through the ranks here right now at AEW. That match was followed by FTR defeating the Young Bucks uh, at 21.45 to retain the AEW World Tag Team titles. Another phenomenal match b between these sides. Uh, you, you had uh, stolen finishing moves. You you had finishing moves that were kicked out of. Um, some really unique spots. I always love the, these two sides know each other so well. So this is the spot that we're going to do with that. Um, th those are always really fun. Where it was the dive off, the, the superplex off the top rope, which usually leads to um, uh, a splash. But that splash was countered. And then the... the um, I think it was Nick Jackson was down, and then I think it was Cash Wheeler who dove off the top rope for a splash, and that got countered as well. It was just, it was so much fun, and these two could could absolutely wrestle forever, and we would be fully engaged in that. I'm um, recording this Monday night, so if it's been announced by the time you listen to this, my bad, but I hope that we get, now again, we don't know what's going on with Cash Wheeler, but an immediate rematch in, like, whether it be two out of three falls or steel cage match or, or something along those lines to, to keep elevating this, I would be totally okay with that. This was so much fun to watch, and these two teams really do gel. Then it was the stadium stampede match where Eddie Kingston, Penta El Zero Miedo, the best friends of Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, and Orange Cassidy uh, defeat the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta, along with Mike Santana, who which they were really driving home, and Ortiz. Uh, the finish comes at 21:30. This match was as batshit crazy as you would expect. They had to do a little picture-in-picture -picture action to to go along with it. There were points where it was too much. Like Trent Beretta comes into the ring, and half of his face is covered in blood. And we have no idea where that came from. Um, and if we did, I, if they showed it, I missed it. Um, they, they were brawling into the crowd. They were using umbrellas. It's just, it's a lot of shit that gets thrown on there. I'm, I'm using shit as like a, a lot of stuff. Not that I thought the quality was bad. There's a lot of stuff being thrown at the wall. And you, you would kind of wish that some of it could set in a little bit. You know, like you, you would wish that they, they had an opportunity to... Let some of it be like, oh, wow, this is really impactful. Once it got into the match, or once it got into the ring area, and you could really focus on it, I thought that's where this match really did shine. And this is one where I do think everyone kind of comes elevated out of it. Like, it was, I was messaging with uh, a buddy, and was like, it's really cool that the best friends are wrestling at Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people. And they felt like a bigger deal coming out of it. Like, walking away after they get the win, and it's the three of them, and they, they look like they've been in a battle, but they looked like they belonged. Um, they... they they are a, a, a team and an act that I wasn't necessarily sold on. Admittedly, I've never been a huge Chuck Taylor guy. I've never been a big Trent Beretta guy. 
but they continue to impress me and they continue to blow me away. Not that that's high on their priority list, but the, those are, are two performers who become more and more legitimate in my eyes as it goes on. And again, they, they didn't need to. Their, their resume is phenomenal, just not my cup of tea, but it's, it's becoming more my cup of tea. I'm, I'm really enjoying them. Penta El Zero Miedo, I think it is criminal how underutilized Penta El Zero Miedo and Ray Phoenix have been. I think Ray Phoenix should be a world champion. Um, I, I think Penta El Zero Miedo should hold titles. Like the, These two guys are some of the best characters and some of the best performers in the world. And the fact that we don't see them more often on this program is a real shame. Um, I, I don't know if they, they need to... Like, a, a third show, really ramp up Rampage or something, but the, these these performers need to be featured significantly more because they are still, I, I think, some of the best that this world has to, to offer. I remember um, when I was really getting back into Impact, and it was those two, I think with Sammy Callahan in the main event of uh, a pay-per-view, and it was like, this is a big fucking deal, man. Um, they, they just have that air about them. But I, I thought some real creative stuff in here, obviously... Um, the like barbed wire and all of those things. But then you, you go back to little ECW with the, the Taipei death match. And I'm sure there's other places too, but that's where I know it from. Um, where orange Cassidy wraps his hand up in, in duct tape, but the outside is the sticky part breaks the glass into a thing, sticks his hand in there. And then the orange crush punch with the glass on it, just, Oh, AEW's done a lot where it's like, you know what? It's tough that it, I, I, there isn't a whole lot where I can say I, I've never seen that in AEW before, but they were able to pull out all the stops. Um, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley were great. If I think it would be an interesting kind of culmination of this whole thing at full gear uh, in November if they did an exploding barbed wire death match. I know the last one didn't go off perfectly. Uh, in fact, it ended hilariously and terribly, but... I feel like those two could get the redemption back for for that match and for AEW in that particular genre. But th this match was exceptional and really fun. Uh, a tough spot to, to follow that with the four-way match for the AEW Women's Championship. Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, and Dr. Britt Baker fall to the new AEW Women's Champion, Soraya. This was a great moment. A, um, Tony Khan spares no expense getting We Will Rock You. Soraya from that part of the world with her entire family coming out. I got choked up seeing that. Like, th this is a performer who had thought her in-ring career was over. Outside of the ring, there was a lot of real shitty stuff that was going on with her, um, plastered all over the internet. And that has to be just the fucking worst, man. And so, like, it, th this was a human being who had every excuse to go into a downward spiral and has been able to, to come back. And I haven't loved the, the return always, but this was an amazing moment. And for her to win this title, if she loses it on Dynamite on Wednesday, fucking fine, man. But at one point, Paige felt like the best women's wrestler in the world. Um, to me, anyway. And I, I will admit that my worldview at that time of women's wrestling wasn't as strong as maybe it could have been. But she felt like she was something different in WWE and felt like she could bring a, a whole new level of wrestling to... Uh, of women's wrestling to WWE. And once it kind of took off, she wasn't able to, to really be featured in all of that. And so to, to now be a part of this in AEW... It's just great to, to see. It, it really is, and you, you feel great for her. Up next with a coffin match. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Another one where it was just wild. Sting uses a cricket bat, which I thought could have got a bit more of a pop. Darby Allen uses the... 
um, stud jacket with the uh, pin sticking out to, to use a couple of splat to use on a couple of splashes. Sting at a thousand years old with some tribute. He's the new middle aged and crazy. Shout out Terry Funk. Uh, but some Terry Funk tributes in there as well, as they were scattered throughout the night. But this was just fun. Uh, again, like there, there isn't like Darby Allen. You hope that he chills a little bit because his body is taking an absolute beating, and you know he loves it. But holy hell, man, he needs to, to kind of cool it a little bit. But but Sting is phenomenal. Swerve Strickland feels like a superstar. I I hope that that this push doesn't end here. Uh, to to try to steal a wrestling term, because when he comes out and it's whose house Swerve's house, and he's just standing up there like he just he feel like he he to me he passes the airport test where you just see them walking by and it's like I don't know what you are but you're something you know like you you feel important to me when he comes out he just has an air of superstar about him and I would love to see him with, with some gold in AEW at some point here. Uh, then it was Will Ospreay against Chris Jericho. This was the best Chris Jericho match we've seen in a very long time. I have started to to kind of be a bit down on on Jericho, but I I thought he got a tremendous match from Will Ospreay. Ospreay gets the win as he should. Jericho kind of teases a bit of dissension with Sammy Guevara. Um, I don't know where, where that is going to lead. Honestly, if Jericho took a bit of a break away from TV for a while, I, I think that would benefit him. Like he, he is involved in a lot of these stories with a lot of these young performers to try to, again, word of the, the shows, anytime I do wrestling, try to elevate them. Um, and also stealing from, uh, Will Ospreay's theme song. But, um, I, I think it would be good if Chris Jericho left for a bit and became a bit more of a special attraction in my opinion. Um, but this match was very good. And then you get Billy Gunn and the Acclaimed defeat the House of Black, who had a nice tribute to, to Bray Wyatt with the Lanterns. Um, this was fun. House of Black, like, I kind of hoped for a, a bit of a longer reign and for them to be a bit more dominant. But um, at this point in the night, we needed a bit of a fun match. And th this was fun. And the, the Acclaimed got the win. It's a nice thing for, for Billy Gunn to, to have here. So, um the acclaimed need to be in a, a, a high spot, and they are. I'll be interested to see what happens with House of Black now. Uh, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. I, I say this, but this is the thing with AEW, man. There's so much talent on this roster that it, it becomes a little bit difficult to, like, well, like Malachi Black feels like he could be a world champion at any point. Brody King feels like he could be on that trajectory. Buddy Matthews, well, Malachi Black and Brody King feel like they could be world champ. And Buddy Matthews is exceptional, but he is more TNT title guy. But he could be TNT title guy. Like, all three of these guys feel like they could be in that. But you know who else does? Darby Allen. You know who else does? Swerve Strickland. You know who else does? Eddie Kingston. Penta. Orange Cassidy. Everyone in Blackpool Combat Club. Honest to God, Mike Santana is at a point where I think he could get a run with the title. This is such a stacked roster right now that it's a great thing to have that you could throw anyone into a title picture, uh, into a title match. Be like, yeah, kind of feels like it. This is such a good roster right now. But at the same time, feels like a lot of these guys are a little underutilized, and that has to be really frustrating for them. Then we get into the main event. At exactly 29 minutes, MJF defeats Adam Cole by pinfall to retain the AEW World Championship. This, um, th this was a whole lot of fun. And it has been great storytelling throughout. And you felt like you knew an MJF turn was coming, and it never did. My one, my one note, one note on this whole thing was that it felt like three teased belt shots might have been too many. Um, like, if the, oh, you just fucking take the belt then, and stands with his back to him. 
Um, and then Adam Cole is looking and he's looking mad. It's like, if he was going to do it, he would have done it in the match. He would have been a fucking moron to do it outside of the match. So, um, that, at the end, it just felt, it felt like one moment too many, if that makes sense. If he would have popped Roderick Strong with it, that would have been kind of neat. But, um, overall, like, phenomenal storytelling. The match was very good. MJF continues to be an absolute shining star. And Adam Cole is very clearly one of the best wrestlers that this world has to offer. Both of them phenomenal across the board. The, the emotions that they played with, where they both had real moments of, fuck it, let's go. And they had real moments of, oh man, this is, this, I'm very conflicted in this moment. They, they both had that, and it, they, they both did exceptionally well with that. Um, and I think both should be commended for it. An excellent night. Overall, no misses on this show. Top to bottom, it was four hours that flew by. It was, I, I thought, deserving of the spotlight of um, of this night with Wembley Stadium. Um, and I, I do feel like that this is the, the start of the next big chapter for AEW. And this felt like a show that... I think appropriately did that for them. So, um, thumbs up across the board for AEW All Out or All In. I don't love that they're doing All Out the next week and both pay-per-views are the exact same $50 and that they're doing it again next year. It, it should be a bundle or there should be some spacing or something. Um, a, it feels like there is no time to build up All Out. Like, I am much more looking forward to, to Payback and I don't even think that's been built up particularly well. But, it just it feels very rushed. Um, and it feels like a big ask for your audience to drop down 50 bucks on pay-per-views back-to-back weeks. So that's my only note, is for the company, not necessarily for the performers. That is going to do it. Thank you all so much for downloading and watching. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. If you are watching, make sure you like this video, subscribe, it helps me out immensely. Um, if you are listening to this in podcast form, or if you're doing both, do all of these things. Um, subscribe to the channel, rate and review wherever you possibly can. Just downloading, downloading the episodes right now is a major help to me. So thank you all so much, and I will talk to you all later.